This message is brought to you by this excellent church. We excel at reshaping people's values and reconciling men to God. You're about to hear peace and preach. Be blessed. church hallelujah how are we how are we doing especially today nigerians amongst us how, how are you guys coping how, how is it going we need group therapy that's what church does we have come to do therapy this morning so as we're receiving the word of god we are also doing therapy for ourselves praise god Funny enough, one of the, some of the things I'll say this um, today are matters that are touching on this issue. And um, um, a lot of people were really down yesterday. You know, as much as we know, we have been talking and tweeting and um, posting on Facebook and our statuses and complaining about the country and all that, right? All those things actually mask, masked a, a, masked a deeper a deeper feeling of hopelessness, a deeper feeling of sadness, a deeper feeling of despair. People are afraid. But you don't need to be. Hallelujah. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Amen. Let's, 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 um, let's, um, let's go on. You'll see. You'll see why you don't need to be afraid shortly. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, I should say this before we start. I'll still say it after the service. Um, beginning from Sunday, I really want us to begin to we'll start streaming via YouTube for Sunday services. Services that have to do with um, Bible study and prayer meeting. You can continue to have it on Zoom. But um, services that are open to everybody, like Sunday services, special programs, I think we'll start having to stream them on Zoom praise God, on YouTube rather, on YouTube and the reason is this, something very weird happened this morning, 
just one of the reasons some guy called Adamo or something joined the Zoom meeting and started playing some foolish videos, stupid, vulgar videos and audio. Praise God. Um, that's the thing about Zoom. Zoom is created for in-house meetings and all that. And that's how we had it when we're starting the ministry, you know, for our in-house preparation. But now that we are going public, now that we are public, we need to evolve and um, start using YouTube so that um, everybody can join easily um, with YouTube. The second advantage of YouTube is that um, we tried everything we could yesterday, but the guys, you guys on Zoom cannot enjoy the sound that we are enjoying because YouTube, Zoom is not optimized for good sound at all. We tried to multiple speakers. If multiple speakers are even speaking at the same time, it will be selecting who will sound at every point in time. You can't hear the keyboard. If the keyboard is played on Zoom, it's horrible. Um, we're going to get in guitar soon and all that. So you won't be able to really appreciate the atmosphere here. But YouTube is much better. YouTube can take the sound better. So you know, we're going to try to invest in streaming softwares and all that beginning so please just look out for that during the week you, we might change the link and ask you to start joining us for sunday service via via youtube so let's anticipate that we'll do our best this week to try and put all the logistics in place praise god however for wednesday and friday's meetings wednesday wednesday bible studies and friday prayer meetings we'll continue to use um, zoom because it's more interactive, at least from Bible studies now. We're going to be taking, we're going to be taking questions shortly. We're going to be communicating with those who are joining us from anywhere in the world to ask questions, to get their view and all that. You can't achieve that on Zoom, on YouTube. So we'll start doing, so we'll keep doing midweek services on Zoom. Praise God. I hope that's clear. Um, should I use it? Okay, maybe after the service, I'll we'll talk some more after that. So as a way of recap, Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I try to, I've been trying to emphasize, and I'll keep emphasizing, that the purpose of a man is to do. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God. Praise Jesus. Purpose is to do. Somebody say purpose is to do. Purpose is not to have. Purpose is to do, right? Um, when you create things, you create them with a purpose and that purpose is for them to carry out things, to do certain things. Purpose is, a, is, a, is an active thing. Purpose is an active thing. When you create something, you create something with a purpose. And that purpose is to do something. That purpose is to do something. Praise Jesus. That purpose is to do something. And listen to me, everybody under the sound of my voice. You have purpose. Your life has meaning. You have purpose. And your life has meaning. I will, um, the last teaching on this series is going to dwell more on this um, part. You know, how we epistemologically know truly that we have purpose. But let me just say it now. I don't know why it's coming to my heart. Let me just say it now. You have purpose. You have purpose. You were created to do something. You are not a product of accident. 
look around you. Do you have any example of anything that came about to be without intention that has purpose? Look around you. Is there anything that you see around you that has meaning that was not created by someone? Do you see anything man-made that does not have purpose? And do you see anything in nature that came about to be accidentally like wind blowing sand to a place? Have you seen wind blowing sand to a place and the place that it blew it to began to do stuff? No. Praise God. Have you seen rain falling on the ground into the mud? And as it's falling, it created something that had complex compound order that could carry out stuff. No. The truth is that in all your observation in the world, in all your experience in the world, everything that you see around you that has purpose, that has meaning, that has something that it does and it can do, is because someone made it like that. You know this. We all know this. We all see this. That's why nobody's justified. You're not justified to see things came about by accident. You are not. You are not. Nobody can point to anything. I mean, outside of nature now, let's leave nature because the debate is usually in nature, right? Let's leave nature. You can never see anything outside of nature. Anything artificial that has purpose and has meaning that someone did not make. What makes us think that the complex compound order that we see in nature came about to be by accident? At our own level, we don't see anything that has purpose that came by accident. Why do we think that nature, which is even more complex and complicated, came about to be by mistake? Nobody's justified to say that. No, but you're not justified. You're not justified to say that. You're not justified to say human beings with all their complexity, with irreducible consciousness, consciousness that cannot be physically understood, consciousness that cannot be even materially understood, consciousness that debunks naturalism and say entities having consciousness came about by accident. You are not justified to say that. Hallelujah. So your life has meaning, whether you feel like it or not. Whether you feel like it or not, your life has meaning. Listen to me. If you insist on saying that your life came about to be by accident and that there is no purpose for your life, if you insist on saying that, I have something to tell you. And what I have to tell you is that if nobody created you, if you came about to be by accident, then you don't have purpose. That's the simple truth. You can pretend to yourself that you have purpose. You can lie that you have purpose. You can tell yourself that you have purpose. But if nobody created you, if you came about to be by accident, you don't have purpose. You just exist. You don't have any more purpose than a heap of sand that wind blew to a corner. You don't have any more purpose than a pool of water, that rain, rain falling from the sky and water flowing in the drainage. You don't have any more purpose than that. You're just there. And you don't, you, you don't have any justified, you're not justified to, to tell yourself that you have purpose. That is a burden that is too much for anybody to bear. That's a burden that you don't need to put on yourself. 
whatever the reason is why you are putting that kind of burden on yourself and telling yourself that you came about to be by accident and life does not really have meaning and you want to just try and make meaning for yourself it's too much of a burden to put on yourself your life has meaning you were created to do something hallelujah say i was created to do something say i was created to do something god intended before time began that he would have you do stuff praise god church all together we'll talk about this more we'll talk about more, more of this later um you know, in this series right so as a way of recap remember platforms are what you are created to do purpose is what you are created to do purpose is what you are created to do so that means that you will be judged based on what you are created to do not what other people have not how you feel not by worldly standards of what success is not by how much you have accumulated a piece of tissue paper is created for personal hygiene in the toilet the rating of a tissue paper is according to how well it does that work of giving us personal hygiene church are we together a tissue paper will not be rated by how well it can cook food tissue paper will not be rated by how well it can store numbers tissue paper will not be rated by how well it can move you from drive how much you can drive it from one place to another because that's not what it was created for it was created to do something so that means that the rating of the tissue paper will be based on what it is created to do church all together so what that tells you is very simple your value as a person how you should perceive yourself how you should view yourself is the way god sees you and the way god sees you is based on what he has created you to do so if he has created you to reach out to the next generation of children that are toddlers that are very very small that are very young and impressionable and he says this is where i want you to this is what i want you to do if you begin to feel like a failure and you begin to feel hopeless and depressed because another person is a businessman and he has bought a jet and then you are feeling this depressed because god has created you to do something to children you are not being sensible you're not being reasonable do you understand that you're not being reasonable because what you are created for is what you're what, what you're supposed to judge yourself by is what you are created to do this is the reason why the life of a man is not in the abundance of things that he owns how much you own and how much material things you have has nothing to do is of no factor in judging your success as a person your fulfillment as a person is has no is not a factor in judging judging anything about how god deals with you because what you are created to do is what matters church all together it's very important that you understand this your success if you say you're a successful person success your success as a person is not in how much money you have your success is in how much you're able to do what god will have you do your success as a as a person is how much you are able to do what you are created to do a successful pot is a pot that cooks food well a successful tissue paper is a tissue paper that helps to do personal hygiene well a successful toothbrush is a toothbrush that brushes your mouth well they are not the same 
Are you getting what I'm saying? You are not the same. A successful camera is a, is a camera that captures images well. But a successful microphone is a microphone that carries your voice well. They are not the same. I guess what I'm saying. They are not the same. So begin to you need to you need to reshape your values. Your values have to change. Your priorities, the hierarchy of your values must change. You cannot rate yourself by material things. You must rate yourself by what by you know knowing what God would have you do, by doing what God would have you do. Church all together. Praise God. And we said that you know the purpose of every person, the purpose of every human being that we establish in the scriptures is that the purpose of every human being is to first of all bring people to the image of God. That's what you're meant to do. You're meant to bring people to the image of God, which became necessary as a result of the distance that man you know, had from God. Praise God. So, you have to be expected to do something. And that thing you're expected to do is to bring people to the image of Christ. That is your priority. And the reason why it is your priority is because men who are brought to the image of Christ or who are brought to the image of God, the, you know, the original intention that God had for humanity, which is that men are reconciled to God, it is men who are brought to that image. It is men who have God's values that are able to also do the second thing well, which is that, you know, God wants creation stewarded. I cannot emphasize this enough. God is not agnostic about anything. There is none of his creation that he doesn't have any purpose for. There is none of his creation that he created without intention. None. None. There is nothing that God has created that he doesn't have an intention for. And that's why from the beginning, immediately he created all things. He called it good and he created an entity that is supposed to steward that creation. That is man. Praise God. So, you have two things. All the things that you'll be doing on the earth are within the bandwidth of two things. Now, what are those two things? They are supposed to bring men back to Christ bring men back to their creator, bring men back to the image of their God, right? And you are supposed to steward creation. You are Adam, and you are supposed to work creation. You are supposed to dominate it. You are given the platform to dominate it so that you can replenish it, so that you can work it, so that it can be fruitful. Church out together. You know, I can't stress this enough that... Those two things have considerable influence on each other. Your effectiveness, our effectiveness as people to do both of those things has considerable effect on each other. When we are ineffectual in bringing men back to the nature, bringing men back to God, men, can, men will never be able to demonstrate the image of God as God intended for men to Men will not have the kind of value system that God intended for them to have. And in the absence of the right value, because God is the one that created all things. He is the one that knows what he created things for. Ergo, he is the one that knows what is best for creation. He is the one that knows what is best for creation. And humanity is the only entity that has that capacity 
that has that functionality to be able to know God, to be able to know the things of God and be able to execute it. So if we're not bringing men back to the image of God and men are not having the values, the right values, they're not having godly values, the effect is that they will not have the right value system, they will not have the right capabilities to also steward the earth properly. Did you understand what I just said now? Did you hear what I said now? Because stewarding the earth properly requires that you have the right value system. It requires that you have the right capabilities. It requires that you think the way God thinks. It requires that you have abilities to do that stewarding of the earth. But men cannot think like God except they know God. Men cannot have the abilities of God, you know, godly supernatural abilities or abilities from God, except they are with God. That's why restoring men back to God is the priority. That is the reason why everything that we see good today about creation. Let me just free myself and talk. And that's why everything that we see good today about creation, look all around you. Everything stems from the revelation of God to man. Think about it. Think about it very well. What are the things about our world today that you appreciate? What are the things about our world today that you appreciate? Think about it. Human rights. Where did they come from? It's the revelation of God to man. Man by himself does not see any reason. The instinct of the natural man is to rate men based on how useful they are to society. The instinct of the natural man, that is the reason why when naturalists begin to look into the world and begin to try to give a natural account for everything in, in nature, what they began to tell themselves is, something, is things like survival of the fittest. Because if you look naturally without the revelation of God, if you look naturally, the natural instinct of the natural man is to assume that life is supposed to be the survival of the fittest that might is right and that people are valued according to how much they can contribute but that is not what we are doing today as, a, as most of the world now most of the world we believe we assume we just, we just believe that every human being is equal in value to each other and every human being has value we just assume it why when did that assumption start who told us Church out together. That's why if you look around, that assumption that people have value, that people have human um, equal value, everywhere that you see that assumption preponderant is among every culture that is an that in that is a that is an heir or inherited Christian values or the values that Jesus brought to the earth. Do you understand that? That's why till today in the east, till today in the east people don't have the same value. Men and women don't have the same value. Till today in the East, the testimony of a woman is only half of that of a man. Till today. Till today, baby girls are being killed over for baby boys. Till today, people who don't subscribe to their religion are not as, value, as valuable as people that subscribe to their religion. 
till today. The assumption that whether irrespective of what you believe, how much you have, how much you till today, there are places in the world where poor people are dispensable. Beggars are dispensable. Physically handicapped people are dispensable. They don't have the same value as people that are physically fit or rich. Till today, everywhere in the world that you look around and people just assume that children and adults, rich and poor, um, um, men, people that believe the same things, um, people that have different things, so everybody has the same value. That assumption is a uniquely Christian assumption. But we will all agree that that is a good assumption, isn't it? Church, I was together. Don't we assume that? Don't we agree that? What else? What is it? What is it about our world? Anything you want to think about? The idea that it is labor that brings about value that can be democratized. Is it is the Protestant work ethic? The fact that everybody can, you know, this whole idea of I don't want to go into so many things unless I drill the message. So, people knowing God, people coming back to God, and people having God's values has a direct, has a considerable effect on how well the earth is stewarded. Amen. And the way the earth is stewarded has considerable effect on how we are able to bring men to Christ. The way the earth is stewarded has massive effects on how we are able to bring people back to God. Hmm. Let me show you something. Romans chapter 13. Listen to me and listen to me very well. There is an error that assumes that the only thing that God that God has intentionality about is bringing men back to God. And there is also another error that thinks that all that is important in this world is how we steward the earth. Both of them are, are errors. The truth from the scriptures is that God would have men brought back to him and God will have creation properly stewarded according to his plan for creation. That is the simple truth. Don't fall for the piety that makes you have a sense of moral and religious superiority where you see things like the only purpose that God has is for us to bring men back to God and you're happy with yourself because it gives you a sense of moral superiority over other people that believe otherwise. It is an error. It is an error. God did not create civilization. God did not create nature and leave it and say, it doesn't matter. He doesn't, didn't create it for anything. It's just there. What you do with it doesn't matter. That's not true. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted for God, by God. So God is the one that created civilization. And God is the one that created the... the that's platonic principle of authority in civilization. It's not God that created the person that God said, Wari must be our president. That's not what they say, no. But the idea that there should be a leader in Nigeria, that there should be authority in Nigeria, running things is the wisdom of God. It's God that made it so. 
Verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists the what? Authorities. Do you see that? Whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. See, listen to me here. You guys need to start using NIV or ESV or ESV. I did a lot of study on um, textual analysis of this and I discovered that NKGV and KJV, they have issues. People did not know as much as we know now when they were translating to NKJV and KJV. Forget that fact that it's thou shalt not makes you feel spiritual. But calm, calm down. These ones were created, these ones, these translations were done after there had been a lot of improvements in scholastic information, textual criticisms and analysis, you know, the historicity of things and all that. There was a whole wealth of information that they did not have then, that we have now, that made scholars to do the NIV, ESV, and ESV. So that's why you see that there are a lot of differences. And, and please don't fall for that rubbish thing that goes around sometimes. I do say some portions of NIV is different from KJV that some phrases are removed. They are meant to be removed. Because when you look at texts of different ages or even of the same time, they are more likely that things were added than subtracted. So if you see a scripture and you see one does one is like this and then B has some additions that A doesn't have, it's more likely that B was added somewhere along the 2,000 years. You understand that? You understand what I just said? No. So that's why there, you know, there are a few of them. There are not many. There are a few of them like that. When you read these things, you really understand because in the days we were reading KJV, that's when they misinterpreted this place that says, "Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed." They were reading it as resist who God has appointed. So that's how when you know church and state was merged together in in Western Europe in those days, it caused a lot of calamity, and kings were using this scripture as proof to oppress people. That if you don't obey the king, you are disobeying God. And so that's why people religiously obeyed kings. And kings use those ab- do that ability to oppress people anyhow. And that's how the whole Western, Western Europe is post-Christian today. Because the major reason for Western Europe's post, post-Christianity is offense. There is a sp- collective spiritual offense and resentment of Western Europeans against the church. Do you understand that? That's the number one reason. Resentment, collective spiritual resentment against the church. But if you look at it in a proper with good interpretation, it says, therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has what appointed. And those who resist will incur what judgment. Church, are we together? Can you see this? It says, those that resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good and you will receive his approval. So you can see Apostle Paul saying that authority, rulers, that is the ability to rule, that platform of ruling is God that created it. God appointed it. And why did God appoint it? God appointed it so that um, he can be a ruler against those that are doing good and those that are doing evil. Do you see that? Why? Because God is concerned with how societies are run. That's what Apostle Paul was saying in 1 Timothy chapter 2. God wants societies to be run well. God is not agnostic about Nigeria and God, or Australia or the UK or America. God is not Wherever human beings are gathered, wherever human civilization is, God is not agnostic that anything we want to do them, may they do them, shall preach the gospel. Oh, 
if that's the picture that you have in your mind, you need to get rid of it. God is not looking at Nigeria and saying, it's in way concern me. And I make people just receive Jesus Christ. Any other thing we won't do them, we didn't do them. That's not God. Look at it. Verse 4. For he is God's servant. Do you see that? <laughs> do you see that? For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the what? Wrongdoer. Are you guys with me? Are you guys with me? Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. So, God does not want our society to have evil doers. God hates evil. God does not want our societies to have evil doers. So, you know what God did? God created a system in our societies whereby people can enter positions so that they can do good for the society and so that they can stop evil doers. So, listen to me. That means that God can have you, God can order your steps to a platform in governing so that you can do this purpose. Because God wants the society to work well. God does not want oppression. Read the law and the prophets. God hates oppression. God hates oppression. That is the way I know that all these men in authority that are taking advantage of the institution that God created and they are using it to do the opposite of what God intended for it, which is that our societies are good and dignified and peaceful, but they are using it to do evil instead. That is how I know that they will get their judgments from God. They will give accounts. Are you hear what I'm saying? You see all these things they are doing in Nigeria? All these things they are doing in all these countries of the world? Doing anyhow? Taking advantage of people? Amassing power to themselves beyond what is what they should have so that they can do all kinds of things. All these things. They are going to give accounts. Because there's something that God has in mind. Civilization is supposed to demonstrate the nature of God. In Acts chapter 17, Apostle Paul told them that God appointed the boundaries and the different times of your nations so that men can feel through these nations that there's a God. So that means that civilization is supposed to work in such a way that people can look at the society and they can see God in the society. Because all things were created to manifest his image. You hear what I said? things were created to manifest his image. So, civilization, nature, everything we are doing is supposed to be stewarded in such a way that a man can look at a society, a man can look at civilization and see God, can see some things about God in civilization. So, when men are now doing things, using civilization and doing things in a way that it is doing something to men contrary to what God, contrary to what is the nature of God, which is evil, which is wickedness, because God is love. When you see evil, it is an antithesis to God. So men using civilization to do evil is the abuse. It is the... It is anathema to the purpose of God. Because God is intentional. If you read on in that, that scripture, God said even your taxes, you must pay your taxes. 
because all those things are meant to create a civilization where you can see God in it. What does that tell you? That tells you that God is in the business of giving purpose to people so that they can steward civilization and society properly. Do you understand what I just said now? This idea, let me say it again one more time. This idea that all that God is bothered about is how to get people saved and God doesn't care about any other thing. It is wrong. It is not true. God is concerned about the well-being of everybody. The God that will make rain to fall on the just and on the unjust. The God that will make rain to fall on evildoers. He will make, what he says, Apostle Paul says in Acts chapter 14, he makes rain to fall on their crops so that they can grow food and they can, feel, they can eat and their bellies will be filled and they can be happy and they can know that there is a God that loves them. Even the wicked ones. God did not say because Hitler is a bad person, you suffer him very well. How, how do you think that God is looking at the north, northern part of Nigeria and he doesn't care? Shall I go and preach the gospel and let them see, be saved? People are being raped. People are being murdered. People are being cut down before their time. People are in poverty. People are starving. People are on the road with nowhere to go, drifting from place to place. And you really think the God of our Lord Jesus Christ doesn't care? A God that people are following him, both those that were listening to him and those that were not listening to him and those that were there to pick pockets and those that were there to lounge or to just join the hype. 5,000 men and only God knows all the amount of women were there listening and they didn't have food because they followed him inside bush. And he looked around and said, how can we feed these people? You think it is that God that will now look at what Boko Haram is doing and will not care. Hallelujah. Are you with me? You think it's that God that will look at what is happening in Afghanistan, look at what's happening in Iraq and Iran and doesn't care? You think that same God is looking at what's happening in Saudi Arabia and Iran where women don't have any rights, where women cannot do what God created them to do? And you think God doesn't care? Of course he does. Of course he does. That's why you must lean in to the promptings of God inside of you. We'll talk about that one next time. I thought this, this series would be short, but it's going to be longer than I thought. That's why you must lean into the promptings of God inside of you, such that as you are preaching the gospel and bringing men to the knowledge of Christ, you are also stewarding civilization such that it can manifest the nature of God. So that the purpose of God for creation can be fulfilled. Hallelujah. God is not agnostic. God is not agnostic. See, let me bust your head. God, the one that created our reasoning faculties, created our verbal faculties, created our ability to speak, our ability to think, our ability to rationalize and to communicate, gave us those gifts that is a, part, is a part of only him. Give us those gifts to share with him. Do you think that same God will be pleased that there is a situation or there is a government that takes that gift away from people? 
when we say people have rights of free speech, where do you think that idea came from? You think it's a natural, it's a natural instinct? It is a uniquely Christian instinct because God will not give you mouths and give you a mind to understand things and communicate things and allow one human being to take it away from you. That's why you must steward creation. God will order your steps. God will put inclinations in your heart so that you can go to platforms where he will order your steps to platforms where you can stand and you can steward creation properly because it has an effect on how people can come to the knowledge of Christ. And that is why your priority, your number one priority is also to get back men back to the image of God and to shape their values because if they are not in the image of God, if they don't have God's value system, they cannot steward the earth well. They cannot steward civilization well. That is why we are expecting too much from people that don't know God in power. Do you know that? See people know. You are expecting too much from people who are in power that don't know God. What is the motivation for a man that does not know God to do the things of God? What is the motivation? A man that does not have God's values, how is he even going to have the right thinking capacity to be able to even know that what he's doing is not good? Listen to me. Many of our problems as a society is will be solved when we get more people saved. Do you hear what I just said now? Many of the dysfunction that we see in creation, many of the dysfunctions that we see in our societies will be changed when we get people to be saved. So that all together. The error is to re, is to substitute gold for brass. And to try to mix cotton and linen in the same clothes. That means when you are meant to be stewarding creation, you are using that as a cheap knockoff for your purpose of reconciling men to God. Do you understand that? Do you hear what I just said now? I'm not paying attention. The error is when you begin to substitute them for each other. When you don't put them in the right place. When you assume that because you are stewarding creation, you are reconciling men. Or you are reconciling men and you think that that is what stewarding creation is. That's the whole problem with kingdom takeover. You are mixing, cutting. How did did Moses tell the people? That you should not mix two clothes together. And you should not plant field of two different things together. That's what it means. That's why leaven, and that's why yeast, and bread must not have yeast. It comes on level. That's why a fountain that is spewing hot cannot spew hot and cold at the same time. There are some things that are meant to be kept pure. Some things are meant to be kept clean. A fountain cannot have both hot and cold. Under the law, a man is not, you know, the men are not, the, 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 the dress is not supposed to have two different materials in it. The land when being cultivated is not supposed to have two different things. The bread of the Passover is not meant to have living inside. In the same way, we are reconciling men is one thing. We are stewarding creation is another thing. You don't mix them up. You don't mix them up and say, when you are meant to be reconciling men, we are stewarding creation and you say you are reconciling men. You are not. In the same way also, you cannot be sitting down 
reconciling men and you say you are stewarding creation, they are not the same thing. Church, do you understand that? What does this mean? That means that in space-time, you have a coordinate. You have a coordinate in space-time. You, you were created and you are born and you are placed at a particular point and at a particular place in time. Each and every one of you, you are created at a particular point and you are created at a particular place in time. What that means is that in this two prongs of the purpose of God for you. You have a place that God has put you where you are meant to be doing that thing. We don't have the same place. We don't have the same place. We are not born at the same time. Our timing and our location are very different and not two people have the same timing and the same location. That is the reason why that same principle flows such that in everything that we see around us, each and every one of us is identical. So, no two people will do the exact same thing. No two people will have the exact same platform. And no two people will have this exact same permutation of gifts. Did you hear what I just said now? Uh, did you guys hear what I just said now? No two people will have the same, will do, will be, do the exact same things. No two people will have the exact same platform and no two people will have the exact same permutation of giftings. No two people. That's why we don't look the same. Because when we stand before God, all of us are going to give account for our own work. Church, are we together? Let me show you. Let me show you. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Look at verse 2. Verse 3. Let's go to verse 3. For if anyone thinks he is something, for if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Say each will have to bear his own load. Everybody has a load that God has given him. Apostle Paul says let everybody look at their own and not judge themselves by another person's own. This must sink into your consciousness. Every sense of comparison, every sense of competition, it must die if you are going to be effective in doing what God will have you do. Every time you don't look at the path before you and you are looking at someone else's path, you are slowing down yourself, whether you like it or not. Because everybody must look at his own work. Everybody must look at his own body and must take rejoicing in his own. That means that when you are celebrating, when you are looking at yourself as a success, it is on your own you will look at, not based on another person. That is the reason why 
if you feel like you have accomplished something because another person has not acquired what you have acquired, you have been foolish. Looking at yourself and saying, I am earning 500,000 per month, but this person is earning 250, and you are looking at him and you are saying, Thank God, it means I'm doing something well. And then you go to Christian gatherings and you are giving motivational spaces and saying, I have entered the purpose of God for my life. But the person that is any 150 has not entered the purpose of his God for his life. Because you that you are any 500, you are the one in purpose. Because he's any 150, he's not in purpose. That is foolishness. You that you are any 500,000, you might be on the same space and you are not doing what God will have you do. That's why David was the most quoted prophet in the New Testament, followed by Isaiah. Prolific prophets, prolific, decades long careers, both of them. After everything, after everything they did, Jesus now showed up and said, Among all of them, the greatest one is John the Baptist. Somebody that he did ministry for probably one or two years. All the ministry that he did though was probably one or two years. Have you many guys have watched that um, series? What's the name? Chosen. Have you guys watched that series before? Have you guys did you see guys see John the Baptist in that series? That's a good picture of John the Baptist. See weary, correct weary. Like that. You now say Elijah, Elisha, Abraham, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Malachi, all of them, all of them, all of them. You know, do reach John the Baptist. Why? Because John the Baptist was the only one that was able to say, see Jesus. Because everybody has his own bukata. Everybody has his own tronem. Everybody has his own. So, no two people will have the exact same assignment in the purpose of God. No two people will have the exact same platform and no two people will have the exact same permutation of giftings. That's why you cannot compare yourself with anybody for any reason. Either to feel bad that you're not doing as much as another person or to look down on another person. It is completely unchristian. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Philippians chapter 2. Hallelujah. Verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trouble, trembling. Do you see that? Work out your what? Own salvation. Work out your own salvation. That's why there is our common salvation, our precious salvation, our common salvation, our one spirit, one father, one everything, one church. And then there is your own coordinates within that bandwidth. So there is your own work of salvation that is not like anybody's own. 
there is your own work. That's why you cannot look at someone's testimony and be feeling bad. And in the same way, you cannot look at another person's testimony the way it is and say that is the proof that your own will be like that. Do you understand that? Did you hear what I just said now? Because in our common salvation that Christ has redeemed all of us, our conduct within it is unique to each and every one of us. That's why now says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Ah, this is going to be the one of the major thrusts of you know the message after now. We'll talk about how God orders our steps in all these things. Right? We'll come back to this later. But, but next week I want to talk about giftings, not just platforms. Next Sunday we're going to talk about giftings, right? But God is the one that works in us both to will and to what? Do of his good pleasure. Do you see that again? Do you see that again? Purpose is to do. And God is the one at work in us to do within our own words salvation. So even in our coordinates, our own burdens, where we are, where we are within the scheme of things, God is working in us to do the purpose of God for us. So what that means is this. God has created you to do something. God has created you to do something, but he will give you a platform, a sphere of influence, a place where you have some authority, where you are visible. That place, he will give you a location, a position where you can interact with other people or with the things that God wants you to do so that you can do the purpose of God. Then he will give you capabilities and he will give you abilities to be able to carry out that thing that he wants us to do. Do you understand that? Do you get that? So God wants you to do something. He will put you in a location where you can do it. That's your platform. And he will give you the capacity and the ability to do it. That platform, that location, that place where God will have you be is also the same way you don't have a, the same way you are, your purpose is not your assignment in purpose because our purpose is identical. What we are meant to do is the same thing. Do you understand that? In the sense that all of us are meant to bring people to the knowledge of Christ and steward creation. Church, but your assignments within that purpose, right? The same way your assignments within that purpose is not identical to another person's own. In the same way, the work of your platform, the, the journey of your platforms that God is going to give you will not be identical to any other person's own. It can be correlated. You can see similarities, but it can never be identical. Do you understand that? That's why you must understand, at every point in time, because you were created to do something, where you are right now, you can do purpose. There is no purpose you are looking forward to do one day. Right where you are now, you were created to do some things. You are doing them already. In fact, everybody is doing purpose in one way or another. The difference is the level at which you are doing it. Do you understand that? Because you have many things you are created to do. One of the things that you are created to do is to bring succor to people. At some point in time, you have done that. Your purpose is to fellowship with God. You know, one of the things you are meant to do is to be fellowshipping with God. At some point in time, you've done that. See, if it comes to purpose, at one point in time or level where you are now, you are doing some of the things that God has created you to do. The issue is that you can be doing it at a very low degree, like Kandu. Or you can be doing it at a high level, like Halogen. Church, you understand that? Are we together? 
So, God gives you your platform, we win which, which, which follows your unique assignments within the purpose of God. God gives you platforms within that unique assignment, which is the purpose of God. And just like I told you, you know, just like I told you guys earlier, God is the one that orchestrates platforms. God is the one that puts you in the location. And he's intentional when he's putting you in that creation. See, you must, you must, I will never cease to remind you. I will never cease to remind you that God is not your mate. Because you know what God is doing? God has creation. And he has a plan for creation. And he's creating billions and billions of people with his image. And he's putting them within that creation. And he has given all of them assignments within his purpose for creation and them. And all of them, at every point in time, are constantly moving in the direction of that purpose. And God is orchestrating everything and moving everything at the same time. God is, he has looked at the entire span of time, from the beginning of time to the end of time. And everybody, and where they will be, and their platform in that entire scheme of things, he's doing everything and orchestrating everything at the same time. <laughs> Nothing meets him by surprise. No events can surprise him. Within that same bandwidth, he gives man some autonomy where you can decide some things that you want to do and decide not to do some things. The outcome of every of your decisions, everything that you want to do, he knows. And so nothing can take him by surprise. And all your decisions and all their different outcomes, he has, he has taken account for them and made contingencies for them such that another person can come and... God is not your mate. Hallelujah. Church, are we together? So God now gives you a platform within that thing. That is why this, don't think of it like the same way there's no purpose you are going to do somewhere. In the same way, there's no platform ahead of you that you, that you are waiting to go and take before you can do the purpose of God for you. Where you are now, you have a location. You have a sphere of influence. You have a bandwidth of authority whereby you can do what God will have you do. For some, the platform that God has given you is over five people and people your, your, your people that know you. For some people, it's, it is on social media. Some people, it is in the place of work. Some people, it is in your school. Some people, it is at home. Some people, it's on your streets, in your, you know, at home and everything. We have, wherever you are now, if you are listening to me, you have a platform right now where you can be doing what God will have you do. Church, I will together. Most of the time, and this is where the problem is, this is where the issue of every misunderstanding concerning purpose usually comes from. And that is the fact that people often mistake platform, platforms for purpose. They often mistake platforms for purpose. The platform that God gives you because of the fact that platforms have a dimension of visibility with it. They assume that, you know, the pleasure, the sense of fulfillment that comes from that visibility is, it, it gives them a kind of, you know, a kind of 
I want to be using big English. It gives them a kind of closure, a kind of catharsis that makes them feel that that is the fulfillment of purpose. So that's why when a person enters into the platform of becoming the chief medical director of UCH, he said, I've entered the purpose of God for my life. No. The purpose of for a man, your purpose is not to be chief medical director. Your purpose is to bring men to Christ and to steward creation. Being the chief medical director is what? A platform. See, did you get that? And that's why even if you're not the chief medical director, you can still fulfill purpose. Do you understand that? The, being the chief medical director is a platform that God trusts you with so that you can have the avenue to do what he will have you do. So you still want the hospital so that it can help people, so that good can be done. And so that people can also see you, you will meet people and bring them to Christ also. That is what it is for. So you now being a nurse on a word there, now saying, inviting such a man for a program in your church so that he can come and tell you how he fulfilled purpose because he's the CMD. But you that you're a nurse, you have not fulfilled purpose. And I'm teaching it sounding more and more ridiculous to you, Abby. That's my thank God. That's my plan. I will teach this thing until that whole comparison sounds ridiculous to you. It will enter your spirit. Eh? And it will kill what this message did to me. It will do for you also. That's why there are some things you will not see in this church. We will not invite people to speak based on the size of their platform. We will not. We will not. <laughs> we will not invite people based on the size of their platform. Because platform is not purpose. Your purpose, if God orders your steps and brings the platform of being the chairman of a bank or to be the governor of your state or to be the chairman of your local government, whatever it is, or to be the head of the Yalodas Association of your market, or to be the CEO of your tech company. All those things are just platforms that God has given you so that you can carry out your assignment in the purpose of God for you. Another reason why people tend to get attached to platform and begin to rate themselves and other people by platform is the fact that there's a dual nature to platforms, just like there's a dual nature to gifts. And there's also a dual nature to purpose. And that dual nature is that it is, it is supposed to be used to do the purpose of God for your life, but it's also for your own benefit and enjoyment. So there are privileges that come with it that you can enjoy objectively for yourself. This was not for anybody. You, you are supposed to enjoy it for yourself. It will bring good things to you that will make you glad and happy by yourself. But that is the secondary reason for platforms. The primary reason for platforms is that they are meant to be used to do the purpose of God. Do you guys understand that? That is the reason why, let's use the example of CMD that I've been using. That's why you become a CMD. Your salary will increase. People will begin to respect you. People will begin to, they will give you official car. When you talk, people will listen to you. You begin to have all those rights and privileges. Church, are we together? Those things you can enjoy for yourself. But those things are not primarily for enjoyment. Those things are given to you primarily for them to do something with. So the work of the devil, 
the work of the work of worldly value systems is to make you look at your platforms and focus on the enjoyment of it rather than on the purpose for which God actually gave you which is for you to do that is the reason why if you go to a platform and you're only enjoying it and you're not doing the purpose for God for it it is as it is defeated but if you use a platform to do the purpose of God and even if you don't enjoy it it is still preferable you get I just said now you get I just said now God has never judged any man and said you did not use your platform well because he because um, he only enjoyed it or because he used it to do the purpose of God but didn't enjoy it God will say sorry come and enjoy heaven because that's where the ultimate enjoyment is but you see a man he sit down on his platform smoking Igbo and doing rubbish and he's not doing what God will have him do with it God will judge him let me tell you something about judgment I said, I said something some weeks ago what were the preparatory this and this, this nonsense boy started laughing in the middle of the service see concerning God's affirmation and God's judgment I want to get something into your mind so that you can understand maybe this will help you as we proceed in understanding these issues very well maybe I should have laid this foundation earlier so that you can really understand it listen to me and listen very well the ultimate the fulfillment of the sense of fulfillment the sense of pleasure the sense of joy what we call pleasure usually comes from the fulfillment of what something is created to do for example um, you as a person your body is created so that you can be physically physi- so that you can be physically able so that you can do things right and for that to happen you need sustenance isn't it you need food in your body right that's why this thing is very very funny because even what we are calling pleasure is actually just a manifestation of the fulfillment for which something was created for you to use your body to do something you need sustenance you need energy you need food in your body isn't it when you eat food you feel pleasure isn't it that pleasure is coming as a result of the fact that what is needed for your body to work was accomplished do you understand that why is sex so pleasurable when done in the right context why when it is not forced when it is not done you know contrary to its nature why is it so pleasurable because the human body has the faculty of the human body gets to manifest the only activity through which another life can be brought into the world it is a fulfillment of purpose or one of the purposes of the body do you guys get that in the same way that's the reason why if you are someone that is good at doing something you are really gifted at doing something maybe you're a coder or maybe you have good surgical skills or you know you are good at speaking when you accomplish it when you do it for example if you are good at speaking and you communicate ideas that you have properly to people there is a sense of pleasure you get from doing it if you are someone that's good at music and you put the music together and you play it you feel pleasure at creating the music 
if you, are, if you have good surgical skills, when you accomplish a surgery, you feel pleased. If you're a coder and you do the coding, you feel pleased. So pleasure comes from the fulfillment of the purpose many times. And many times that pleasure is always idolized above the purpose. Do you understand that? That's why when people start eating and eating and eating without abusing the purpose for which eating was given, which is for it to give you sustenance, it becomes a problem. So many times that sensation of pleasure is is idolized above the purpose for which God created it. That is the reason why you cannot look at your platform and idolize the enjoyment above the reason why it was created. It always leads into some kind of warped thing. That's why idolizing sex above the context for which it was created, which is for the bonding of a man and a woman within a family, the idolatry of sex leads to all kinds of distortion in the society. So, travel together. Do you get what I'm saying? And this is consistent. When you idolize the pleasure above the purpose for which it was created, it leads to all kinds of distortion. And this is one of the major implications of this for your spiritual work that you must understand. If your purpose, if the ultimate end of everything you want to do is to glorify God, is to please God, that means that the pleasure that will come from pleasing God at the end of time we will be superior to every pleasure on this earth. Here I just said now. Here I just said now. If I did you get me? If you were created to manifest the purpose of God, the glory of God, for the pleasure of God, at the end of time, fulfilling that thing of pleasing God will give you the ultimate pleasure that surpasses every pleasure you can feel on the earth. What I mean by that is this. This is what heaven is. When we finish in this place and you stand before God in fellowship forever because we are created for fellowship with him and God now tells you, you have done well, my good and faithful servants. That statement to you. When I said this, now they start laughing at the church. Okay, I'm not going to say it. That statement will be more than a million times of food. It will be more than a million lifetimes of sex. It will be more than a million lifetimes of all the pleasures you can think of in this world. Because that is your ultimate purpose that was fulfilled. And the worst pain in this world is to be separated from God and for God to say you have not done well. People think that on that last day, they won't care. They won't care. Just leave me to an annihilation. You will be be shocked imagine someone right now just let me just give you an earthly example to just bring it to your mind imagine yourself right now people we are having a party here we are eating we are drinking we're having a good time we're watching movies and someone should single you out and say stand up and go upstairs and go and sleep you must not join us here would that be good for you would you like that imagine someone saying when that time comes i don't want to go to heaven I don't want to be in fellowship with God forever. I just want to be, I just want to disappear and go to bliss. You think it's fun. You are tweeting that you're happy with yourself. You don't know what you're saying. See, listen to me and get it well. Don't let the things of this world distract you and take away your mind from what is important. It's an example I love to give. When you were small, before you went through adolescence and puberty, before the capacity for enjoying sexual pleasure came to you. When you were small, 
the sweetest thing they could have given you was chocolate. <laughs> if they take chocolate from you, you will cry and cry. Mommy, Toshi is beating me. Because they do not give you chocolate. You cannot imagine any greater punishment than for them to tell you to stand in the naughty corner and not take chocolate. Don't take chicken. Because in your mind, that is the greatest maximum pleasure. Then you get a bit older by three, five, you know, you pass the age of five, you go to six, seven, eight. And that time, you have started changing. Because your body is changing, your, your ontology is also changing, it's fixing. At that time, you begin to see that to you at that time, the greatest possible pleasure is for, your, for you to hang out with your friends and for people to say, gee, my guy, my guy. For them to buy you Timberland boots and buy you by Benten Matsets. And for guys to say, oh, more, this guy is the best dancer in our class. He's the best somersaulter in our class. And then you grow up and a girl giving you heartbreak is the worst thing that can happen to you. And a girl saying yes to you is the best you can. Take all my money, put on for your head, you. If for the girl to just say yes, is to you is more important than anything in the world. A boy breaks your heart, you will come on Twitter and so thread because it's the worst sorrow you can imagine. And then you grow older than that. And all those other things now begin to seem childish. And all of a sudden, the best thing you can imagine is the day your wife gives birth. The day you get married. And then you grow older than that. And then all of a sudden, the most important thing to you is for your child to do well. All those other things of Ben 10, being the best of us all time, you will look back and be wondering, there was a time when it was important to me for a girl to say you have pink lips. You will look back and say, God, children are stupid. Because now, your problem is that you want your child to do well in class. You want your child to be happy. It gives you more pleasure than even food that your child is happy. Yeah. See, the things that are making us happy in this world, when we get to heaven, they will, you will look back at them and you'll be like, ah, my biggest problem was to buy car. Was I mad? I'm telling you. You will look back and you say, my biggest problem is that one girl broke my heart. She won't yell with me. God wanted me to do something. The pleasure of God telling you, well done, my good and faithful servant. You compare it to I want to travel abroad. And you are like, that's what's going to happen. And let me tell you where my good and faithful servants will come from. It is not in buying cars. It is not being the MD of your bank. It's not being the head HR of your company. It's not even in being the pastor of your church. It's not being the general overseer of a 15,000 member church. It is in doing what God will have you do. that nobody knows that just was even poor till she died that all she was doing was attending to patients and she was able to stay by the bedside of a minister of the gospel of a man that was a foremost Greek um, Greek text scholar and it was by his side he was about to he was very very sick she laid hands on him and he recovered I've forgotten the name of the man I'll go and check my history again and the man recovered and she laid hands on and, and got the man filled with the Holy Ghost by the bedside of the man. And the man became filled with the Holy Ghost. And as she was speaking, no, what even happened was that she was speaking in tongues and she was quoting the entire book of Romans in the Greek. The man is a textual criticist, an atheist. He does not believe in God. And this woman is speaking in tongues. She does not know she's speaking Greek. 
And the man is saying, where did you learn Greek from? He said, I'm not speaking. I'm just doing what, is, what we usually do in our church. We are speaking tongues. He said, ah, our mother is God. You've never learned Greek before. Oh, God, you are quoting Romans in Greek. He said, there's this something in this, your God. Recovered from the sick bed, gave his life to Christ, and then came and started interpreting Greek to better translations of the New Testament, analyzing and defending the gospel of Christ. You, with your 10,000 10, 10, people church, you are happy because people are giving you seed, giving you seed, giving you seed, giving you seed, and you are happy. That, womb, that man, that woman, that got someone saved, that ended up translating the Bible that all your church members are doing, she will show up in heaven. And God will say, that one person you saved is more than your 50,000 capacity that you gathered. And your organizing program. Up and down. Church, are you with me? Church, can you hear what I'm saying to you? Because you will judge based on what you are created to do. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. For more updates on our programs and audio messages, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at This Excellent Church. God bless you.